Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. You know, in the beginning, because I have global partners in the in the industry that I'm in, I was able to see the pandemic coming, starting to go from east to west. So it feel for the first couple of weeks, I felt like I was living in the future. I was watching things cancel. I was watching things happen, and everyone here was living life like nothing was changing. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, everyone out there. Welcome to the Boston Podcast, the show where we tell the stories of our city through the voices of our city. So how you holding up, kids? Uh, I hope you're OK. My name is Dave. Thank you for tuning in. And if you like this podcast, share it with a friend, subscribe on Apple Podcast, share it with an enemy. It really doesn't matter to me. I just need the listeners. I just am craving attention here. Um, and a little lonely, as we all are. So I got a great guest for you, t- for you today. And it's, it's apropos of this world that we're living in, these unprecedented times. Because how sick are you of the typical Zoom call? How sick are you of only connecting with people by video and having to do virtual cocktail hours that are boring? This guy can jazz him up. And in fact, he's been jazzing up corporate events and corporate get-togethers for a long time. His name, his name is David Goldstein, COO and creator of opportunities at Team Bonding and TeamBonding.com. David, welcome. Thank you very much, Dave. And how are you doing, my friend? How's your pandemic going? I think the words I'm using right now is I'm doing the best I can with the tools that I got. <laughs> It's the best we could do. Are you finding any solace in the the break from the norm? You know, in the beginning, yeah, I think we were able to. You know, because I have global partners in the in the industry that I'm in, I was able to see the pandemic coming, starting to go from east to west. Mm. So it feel for the first couple of weeks, I felt like I was living in the future. <laughs> I was watching things cancel. I was watching things happen, and everyone here was living life like nothing was changing. Yeah. But for a couple of weeks, we were ahead of the game and we tried to get ahead of the game business wise. So when the clients were ready for what we did, we had something to offer. Yeah, and you sure do. And and I am amazed at how apparently to me anyway, how quickly you you pivoted because now typically you offer live events. I mean, that's the way you built this thing. But there were tons of and by the way, go to the website to check it out. Teambonding.com. Simple, easy to remember. Virtual scavenger hunts, virtual Jeopardy games keynote speakers, um, all kinds of workshops, all kinds of other fun team building things that you can do online. Um, I'm glad you lived in the future a little bit. I keep saying we need Marty McFly and Doc Brown in the, in the DeLorean. They need to go into the future and get the, the, the vaccine, the uh, vaccine for this thing. And then everything would be fine. I look at like that, you know, somewhere along the way, I've seen a meme that basically said, skip 2020. (laughs) I look at it more like quantum leap. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
getting me out of here. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're dating ourselves by remembering the show quantum leap, but that was, <laughs> that was, that was a good one. That was kind of ahead of its time. So let, let's, um, I want to hear how you originally, you've been doing this since 1988, right? That that's when the company yeah. started and I'm a sucker for these things. It, you get me to any like company retreat or things. And some people uh, can't be bothered with them, but if you're having fun and like learning something about you and the people that you're working with, I, I'll, I'll do that all day long. Tell me about the origins of this, how it started and how you got rolling. So I used to work for a company called Learning Adventure. Learning Adventure was a catalog of about 100 different activities and events that you know people could do. Anything from uh, ski and rafting trips to scavenger hunts to uh, I used to run something called the Sleazy Bar Hopping Tour. Oh, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a good time again. Well, actually, at the time. I, I used to take people around uh, Boston by school bus and go from bar to bar. Is that right? One of the wow. places I used to go to was called the Cantab Lounge. I don't know if you know the Cantab in, in uh, Central Square in Cambridge. I, that one doesn't ring a bell. I didn't used to haunt Cambridge as much as uh, Boston and Kenmore Square and such. But but go ahead. Tell me more. So um, we'd bring people into the bar. And basically, the owner of the bar offered me the basement. He said, you can do anything you want with the basement. And wow. at that point, I looked at possible ideas and i created the first murder mystery dinner theater in the country love it wow uh, mystery cafe i've been doing for about 32 years um, and that turned into you know over the years into a corporate entertainment company and then the recession hit and then i learned this thing called team building which basically wasn't wasn't so budget dependent you know it wasn't mm -hmm. something like do we want to do a, an entertainment thing like a murder mystery it's you know it's company culture, it's employee engagement, and it's employee retention. All the things that companies value now have kind of grown around the, the team building business that I've built. So, so it's interesting to hear that you're the godfather of, of murder mystery theater. Um, I remember back in the day going to one called Rosie O'Grady's Blind Pig Saloon. That wasn't yeah, yours, was it? It wasn't. No, okay. but the, I, I knew the guy well, and I, I certainly have been there a couple of times. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. The, the acting wasn't tremendous, but I mean, what do you expect, really? The, when you, you notice that the actors and actresses are also the waiters and waitresses, you got to, you know, cut them a little slack. But, <laughs> but I used the uh, joke before, you know, with the actors, I said, you know, you're already waiters and waitresses anyway. Why not do this? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so it progressed then. It did progress. Actually, Mystery Cafe at some point had uh, five locations in the greater Boston area. Okay. We were doing about 15 shows a week. I licensed it out. I had 25 people in different parts of the country doing mystery cafe from orange County to Seattle to Florida. So uh, even internationally. So that had a, a run for about seven years uh, until there was a dinner theater overflow where there was Joey and Maria's wedding, Mario and Mary's mm. wedding, Mario and Mary's other wedding. You know, there were 37 dinner theaters. Tony and, and Tina. Had, yeah. Tony and <laughs> Tina. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So um, that's when I pivoted the first time to, um, to more corporate murder mysteries and team building. Right. I take it it was born out of the the idea that corporations themselves can be stuffy and don't and they need someone to come in and inject some fresh air and fun into their learning. Is that it? We based it based on the power of play. You can learn more about a person in an hour of uh, play than a lifetime of conversation. So the idea is, you know, you've got a company whether they're merging or whether they're, you know, um, growing. You know, you've got people you sit next to, you've got people you work with, you, you see them, you say hi, you don't know anything about them. But in a couple of hours, we could put them together in some type of team building activity where they'll get to know each other, they'll get to trust each other. It basically throws them into almost like a, a play lab where, uh, you, you, you know, it, nothing with serious consequences, 
we're not we're not doing uh, trust falls, but we're doing things like building bicycles for children. We're doing military care kits. We're cooking. We're doing ice sculpting. We're doing all sorts of different things where people can learn new skills and learn about each other. Mm. That line about learning about people during play, I think that was either Polly Shore, Gallagher, or Plato. It was definitely one of those people who said one, that. One, one was first. It was, <laughs> um, so when it, when you first caught your whiff of success with this thing, what were the first activities that, that uh, triggered a sense in you that this was going to work? One of the first things I did was a limousine scavenger hunt. Um, it's a good story too, because it, this was the time where Polaroid was big and they were across the river in Cambridge sure. and I called them. I said, I'm going to do this limousine scavenger hunt and we're going to do 40 limousines and we're going to do 250 people. Would you like to sponsor it? Mm. And they said, Oh no, we're not interested. So at the time Kodak was infringing on their trademark, making instant film. And they said, you want us to give you cameras and film? Mm. We were, you know, we were on all, we were on evening magazine. We were in Boston business journal. All of a sudden we, you know, it was this huge thing. And then Polaroid called and said, why didn't you call us? <laughs> but that was chance. one of the first things because that was team building by accident. You had to you know, work together to, you know, look at the list of a hundred items and figure out what you could do and what's worth more points. And then you know, run around the city in a limousine at the time and you know, be back and you know, see the pictures and see what you've done. It was probably the first team building event I'd ever done. And I take it the, the part of the deal was to take the pictures along the way. And that was part of the, the task. So at the end of the yeah. thing, you've got this Nice, fun photo album. And you didn't get arrested. That's what happened. <laughs> you know, you'd, come, you'd come back before the Polaroid and you'd, you know, you'd have bar stools and you'd have all sorts of things that you stole along the way and the police would be at the end of the race. So, Meanwhile, scavenger hunts have gone from, they went from uh, Polaroid to GPS devices. They went from GPS devices to digital cameras. Now they've gone to apps and iPads. Sure. And strangely enough, it's back to Polaroid cameras again. Oh, is it really? Yes, the nostalgia. Yeah. Let's talk about... What's going on now? I mean, since you, you were a little ahead of the curve and started repositioning, is are people having fun virtually? Is it possible? <laughs> it is possible. I think the way I look at it is when it happened, when people started to have to work at home, I think people panicked. You know, they, they, they were paralyzed. They didn't know what they were going to do. Right. And then their, then their managers are like, all right, we need to somehow bring them together. So let's do a cocktail party. Let's do, you know, they looked online for, and we, you know, for cocktail parties. They looked for trivia, looked for anything they could find that was free. Right. I think they're over that now. Yeah. And they're still doing some of those things, but they were looking for something that was more meaningful. Something, you know, now that we're going to be in it for a while, they started looking for other things. So um, we had the rights and have the rights to Jeopardy, which we, we uh, the real live Jeopardy. Mm -hmm. And we got the rights to do it so we could do it live. Mm-hmm. But it's also done as a virtual. I, I do not have the rights to this music, but given that we're commenting on it, um, it, it falls into the fair use exception of the uh, of copyright law. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. So there you go. So you being, you being a lawyer, I, I have no question. I well, not a copyright lawyer, but yes, I, I am a member of the bar. But so if uh, if a company firm etc. wants to uh, treat their employees with with a Jeopardy session, when that happens, is that um, hosted by someone on your team? Like, you know, you log on yeah. and you see uh, one of your people playing Alex Trebek. How does that work? Yeah, it's um, hosted on, right now we'll do it on WebEx or, or Zoom. Right. And people can, can log into that. They all, um, they can play on their devices. So they get to, um, the, the questions can be customized. The, the Their company logo can be on the Jeopardy screen. So they're, you know, they're playing what, 
what feels like a real game of Jeopardy. Yeah. And I think that is the future, um, at least in the short term, because like you say, you can only do so many virtual uh, cocktail hours. And if, if someone, you know, in the firm has, you know, got some trivia game or something, eh, that can be fun for a little while. But it, you need something a little more automated. We do, we produce a podcast here that, that I host with a friend called uh, Past Tens Top Ten Time Machine Music. It's a obviously a music-based podcast, but we did a live, what we called a live trivia adventure because that was the coolest name we could think of. And, but we, so we ran it through the, use the platform Kahoot, which is used by, by many. It's a, it's a, it's typically used, I guess, uh, by schools for multiple choice tests. But for this, we were able to do some cool things and it included, you know, some video and some other sort of creative ways of asking questions. And then we treated it like a game show. So the, the, the folks that were the contestants got to pipe in every now and then that made it more fun. So I take it your team must, must have, you must have a lot of personalities on your team that bring these things to life. We really do. And, you know, it's so, you know, getting the things transitioned over things that were live, you know, to make it something that can be virtual and then constantly looking for new things. My, my favorite you know, thing that I did last week, we were invited to a virtual escape room. Right now, but this was different. This was in the Netherlands. It was in a prison. It was using cameras that were basically in the cells with actors. And we had to help the actors escape from the prison. This was recent? This was recent, yeah. It's something I think we're going to end up offering. Oh, cool. But it's, you know, the things that people have started to do has sped up really, really fast. And every day I'm, I'm taking new tours, doing new things. We did a, an improv uh, workshop in a virtual world. So mm-hmm. each person that was at the workshop was an avatar. So you create your avatar and you can actually, you know, you sit at a table, you can talk, you can do games as an avatar, almost like what used to be second life or what still is second life. Yeah. So, so the, the possibilities, yeah, you know, there's nothing like a live event. I right. cannot wait for live events to get, to come back. But um, until then there are things you can do that are beneficial, that are worthwhile, that teams enjoy. Yeah. Well, the thing, the thing with the prison in the Netherlands, that's a good example because that's something you, you can't do. I mean, you know, there's the escape the rooms. Once we get back to reality here and people are actually going to live escape the room things, there's that. But there's no way you'd be able to visit the Netherlands. So it, 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 it uh, begs the question, what else can you do maybe with, you know, imagine a, a scavenger hunt. I don't know if we're ready for this yet, but you could, in theory, have a scavenger hunt using a drone you know, that could take you through the streets of Paris or something. You can do that. So right now we're doing uh, virtual scavenger hunts th- at the Smithsonian. Oh, really? Okay. Smithsonian has the most amazing virtual tour. So we have our app that typically you would write if you were going to be in the museum. So you can use the app as you take the virtual tour. And it's almost as if you've been there. The night before Passover, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to hide the bread in the house. Or get your, you know, Afi Komen, the Afi Komen. No, even before that. Oh, I'm before. sorry. You're saying when you put away, what do you call it? The trafe, right? I'm yeah, a bad, right. I'm a bad Jew. So sorry, Dave. But. So, so we did a scavenger in a museum for a synagogue right. and their families. Okay. And then the next day we did an Easter one for for a, a different, you know, a different group looking for different things. So now it's because the prices have dropped. Yep. It's more accessible to other groups. And, you know, we're doing a middle school scavenger. You know, a lot of different things are because you know, the kids aren't having their eighth grade week. So, you know, what they're going to do is, you know, part of what we do as, as um, their week. So there's a lot of adaptations that I guess what, you know, wasn't really available before. 
How much of this in the, in the future do you see being continuing to be part of your business? In other words, some of the things that we did by necessity may stick around because there were these cool creative solutions. Yeah, I think the, I mean, there will be a part of it where people will continue to work at home. The real question I have that we ask here almost every day now is what does a hybrid event look like? Mm-hmm. So you've got an event where you've got 50 people at the office and you've got 50 people remotely. How do you engage both teams? Because that's the key because they're all employees of the same company. So you need to come up with experiences that can, can, you know, engage both sides. You could have five people in a conference room sitting there, you know, maybe it's after hours. So they're enjoying a glass of wine. I take it with a lot of these corporations that are your clients, they do have people who they need to, they need to bond, even though they're not geographically together. Right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of the interesting things that also have come out of it is, you know, because we have these partners, like I have a partner in Japan and South Africa and Vietnam and China and, you know, all these other, these partners. So right now, if someone wanted a multilingual, bilingual, if I, they wanted a team building event in Chinese, I could do it mm-hmm. so, virtually. Right. Could, could never, never would have even thought of that before. Do any of your events involve uh, physical exertion, <laughs> like relay races or anything like that? We did, um, we, it's called the Outrageous Games. It used to be called the Outrageous Olympics before the Olympics decided that that wasn't the right game. No. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of things, you know, uh, Corporate Survivor, we have, um, you know, the Scavengers, so a, lot of, a lot of outdoor stuff. And I do think that those are the first things that will come back. Yeah. Because we're starting to go to the idea that you can be with a mask or you can be socially distanced, you can do things outdoors. So I imagine there'll be some version of what we do six feet apart. Mm-hmm. Like you might have seen those things where, like in Germany, they're wearing pool noodles on their head. Yeah, for, for to actually to, to distance, right? To distance themselves. So I, I imagine something that looks like that, you know, when our first live events come in. That hurts just to think about that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I had heard that too, but I haven't seen the pictures. The idea is that people are going to go out or are already doing this. Just kind of you, if you walk down to Starbucks or whatever their version of Starbucks is, you've got this pool noodle on you so that, is that so? So that you are you are six feet apart. I, yeah. I, I think a little extreme, but you know, <laughs> yeah, you'll see, you, know, you see a lot of things that taped off. Um, right, right. I had a bit... companies. They'll be the last ones back though, because there's, there's liability. For sure. Yeah. You look. You look at Disney, and Disney basically said, "Yeah, you can come. We're going to be open, but you could die. Yep. And we're not responsible. <laughs> there's not a company in America that's going to sign something that says that. Yeah. Right. I had a business idea that um, I'll mention to you and you can feel free to, to shoot it down. You, you're familiar with the the business called uh, F1. It, it simulates um, your F1 driving, even though it's their, their go-karts. They're, you know, they're glorified go-karts. Part of the fun of doing that, I haven't done it in a while, but part of it, no one's done it in a while, let's be honest. But, but, but um, part of the fun of that is not just the, your racing friends around this course and for those that haven't been there's one in in braintree mass and i'm sure there are there there are others that i don't know about but you actually put on like the big red jumpsuit and you put on a helmet i always thought why not do that for other sports i'm talking about um you know the obvious one is baseball so maybe but maybe it's not baseball maybe it's wiffle ball because wiffle ball is just easier and fun and everyone can play it why not have a you know an arena uh, where, you know, there's a home run fence and there's the, there's piped in music and there's piped in crowd sounds and everything. And people get, you know, a uniform and, and, and all that. And there's a PA system. 
What do you think? Am I onto something? Can I do that? I think you're onto something. <laughs> and, and I'll throw an idea by you that, that so I'm currently working, you know, one of the things I'm, I do is try to find new ideas. Mm-hmm. So I've got an idea that I think is popular. It seems to be getting everyone's attention, but I cannot figure yet how to turn it into a team building event. Okay. Have you seen marble racing? Yes. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that because um, my good friend, Beth Grampetro, who's a co-host of the podcast that we do, Twin XL, um, her husband is obsessed with it. And she said, Dave, you have to see this. And she showed me the video. And uh, <laughs> it, it is amazing in its weirdness and how you can have fun with it. Yeah, for those that don't know, and I should let you, you tell it, David, but it's, it's basically this guy created a, a league but the competitors are actually marbles doing various things like going through obstacle courses. Is that it? Oh yeah. There's obstacle courses, but it's, it's, I think the, the beauty of it is the announcing. Yes. You know, announcing like they're <laughs> real, they're real people. Like they have personalities, like they have, uh, like there's some control over what they do. That's what makes it so hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it only works now when there's no other sporting events. Yep. But I still think that in some way there's a way to, to do it live where, you know, maybe you choose a marble, maybe you polish your marble, maybe you can choose a different type of polish, you know, and then you can, you know, you can race it, but yeah. uh, I haven't got there yet. Yeah. And I think you're onto something. It's, it's, it's kind of like you're a sports fan, David. You'll, you'll, the reason why I like your idea or some version of it is because we, we, we want to root for things. We don't necessarily have to know them. We don't. We don't necessarily have to know anything about them. That at, at a certain level, that's you know, we root for the the Red Sox, even though we don't know um, them personally. You know, it, it's Jerry Seinfeld's old joke. You know, you're rooting for the laundry. So why not? Yeah, why not root for a marble? I would imagine because you can divide into teams, and then maybe each mini team picks a, uh, a color for the marble, right? But they got, but, but then they got to develop a name for the team, right? They got to, they got to uh, give a there name. You to, you're, you're already a team building program designer. I can see it. What the hell, man? Hey, sign me up, you know, because, um, the, the, <laughs> because there's something fun about that. You know, you got the red team. So, you know, the, the, here's the captain. He, we're going to name him big red and we're going to name this guy simply red and, and, and off they go. And all of a sudden, you're rooting for something that is totally illogical. <laughs> so What's funny, we just added something like that. It's virtual horse racing. Okay, yeah. Team building event. And it's all, it's very similar to that where, you know, no no animals were harmed. Right. But um, you know, you've got the horses, you've got um, you can you can train your horse, you can bet on your horse, you can sabotage other horses. So, you know, maybe I already have something like the marble racing without even knowing it. So the horses are animated or what are we actually they're yep they're animated it isn't announced you, you you can bet on them um the teams teams work together to uh decide who to bet on who to pick how to train who to sabotage yeah uh, that that's funny that's a callback to some to a really old game that used to pop up at summer i remember going to summer camp when i was my first year i was 12 and the evening activity one night was a night at the races and what it was was they were it wasn't even video back then it was it was filmed so they would run a movie of an actual horse race you bet on it beforehand not knowing who was going to win now somebody knew who was going to win there was no internet back then so you couldn't like right. google it. that well that's right and it wasn't as if it was a famous race it was some race some random race so it was supposed to simulate the idea of betting and then watching a live event and 
I'll never forget my bunk at the at the very the last round. You got to bet a uh, a Quinella. It's been a while since I bet on horses, but I think that's you picked that you picked the top two in either order. And I remember someone said, "Hey, write this down. Write this down." And we wrote it down. And uh, our our two horses came in at the end. We we picked them correctly, and we were jumping up and down and hugging each other. It wasn't until years later that I found out it was a fix, and one of our counselors knew who was going to win and just slipped us the information. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, man, scandal. Uh, David's company is Team Bonding, and it's teambonding.com. And please go check it out, if for no other reason, to check out all the variety of services. And, and maybe someone you know needs to hire this and, and inject a little bit of fun into the what they're doing in their firm or their company or whatnot. And um, is that the best way to get in touch with you, David? Just visit the website? Yeah, the website. And we, we certainly have, uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and and soon to have a podcast. I was hoping you would mention that. Tell me a little, I know that that is still in the works, but tell me about the podcast. I think one of the things I've done that I like the most is uh, having joined a global network of team building providers. So there are 50 companies just like mine that cover 90 countries that do pretty much what I do. Wow. And being in this business as long as I've been in and being a competitor, it's hard to have a discussion with anybody in, you know, locally because they all compete with me. But it's nice to be able, I was in uh, New Zealand in October meeting all the Asian partners, mm-hmm. you know, the South, uh, yeah, Australia and uh, New Zealand and China and Hong Kong and Singapore and all of those people. So, I found such great information talking to these people about in, in such similarities and some differences. So I thought a podcast, you know, 50 partners, 52 weeks in a year. Um, I could do a, a team building podcast, uh, team building around the world. You so go. you can hear what team building might be like in China or in New Zealand or in Vietnam or in South America. There's just so much knowledge that these guys have. And I thought it's interesting to me and hopefully I'll find the audience that it's interesting to as well. I mean, we think we invented reality TV, but the Japanese were doing crazy reality TV like way before we were, right? Well, that's uh, where Escape Room started. They, they started in Japan. Oh, is that right? They moved their way east. Um, I feel yes. like we're, we're all in our own personal escape room now. And there is no escape. Um, so, so as we will do on the program, we are up against the clock a little bit here, but I want to play a round of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Now, disclaimer, David's had about, you know, 30 seconds or to, to come up with his. So, um, <laughs> but what have you got for us? What do you got for our listeners, David, that might be uh, a good tip in these, uh, in these crazy times? I have a friend. Uh, he runs a company called Perfect Parties. He's out of the North Shore. And um, his company obviously does, uh, has been affected like many companies. But he created a night to remember. And a night to remember is for high schools and um people that are they're missing these events where you can do kind of a drive-in type of event, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where there's a screen and there's music and there's a DJ and there's all the type of things. So you'll, you'll still get the same feeling of, of the experience. Mm-hmm. And I think his experience has done a nice job putting it all together. So um, what's it called again? I'm sorry, David, could you repeat? It, well, his company is called perfect parties, perfect parties. Yeah. And this particular experience is called a night to remember. I see. Okay. Um, and it's, is it uh, customizable, like for the? Extremely customizable. Okay. So for my uh, suggestion for good stuff, briefly, I'll play maybe 30 seconds of the trailer here. It's called Normal People on Hulu. And it, um, 
It's kind of a teen, uh, a teen romance show. I can't explain it. I'll just play the trailer. You know, when we were together in first year of college. That was kind of a perfect time in my life, to be honest. It'd be awkward if something happened with us. No one would have to know. I didn't know your mom worked in the Sheridan's house. What's Marianne like in her natural habitat? I don't know. I don't see much of her. So, I need to narrate because there's only so much dialogue here. Let's just say it's a young couple. That's actually really hot. So, it, it's been in the news a little bit because of its uh, steaminess. There's a fair amount of nudity in the show. The show is on Hulu, and it's a story of... I guess an unlikely couple, the, the, the young lady is, comes from a rich family. And in fact, the way that she gets to know this guy is the guy's mom is like the cleaning lady for the rich family. And it just, it kind of takes you back to, well, for me anyway, th- these people are, are like college aged and, you know, it takes me back to the day when if you had a relationship with someone, then you went away and you have to decide whether to keep that. They're kind of an on again, off again romance. I'm not doing this justice, am I? It's a good show. Just watch it, people. Okay. <laughs> uh, you might not want to watch it with your kids. Little, it, it might get a little awkward. There are some adult situations. Funny. So there you go. I remember back in those days, we used to have a, t- a term for that. It was... Gug. It was geographically undesirable. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, and that's perfect. But that's what happens in the show. They, there are a lot of goodbyes, and then re, uh, them getting reunited and, and things like that. David from uh, David Goldstein, creator of Opportunity, COO at Team Bonding. Once again, check out the website teambonding.com. And um, any final uh, words of wisdom, David, or thoughts about when we're going to get back to normal? When y- your company can start doing what it what it's what it typically does. Got excited the other day. Uh, I got a call, and the woman was like, "I want to. I'm ready for a live event." Good. I said, "Great." What are you looking for? She's like, probably in a couple of weeks. I said, "That sounds good." Mm. I said, "Can you tell me about what you've got?" And she said, "Absolutely." Um, and where are you at? She said, "Well, I'm in Alaska." <laughs> like, oh. They they invent they invented social distancing in Alaska, right? Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. So close, but yet so far we've done Alaska, but I don't think we could. Uh, it would have been worth it. Oh, wow. Well, it's it's a glimmer of hope anyway. So um, thanks for joining me, David. I hope you had fun on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Once again, David Goldstein, teambonding.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Go to pod617.com if you would like your own podcast. We'll ship you out a USB microphone, not a crappy one, a real good one. And if you want to be on this show, just email me, david at pod617.com. We're featuring all kinds of business owners and others on this show. We want to remind people that they're still kicking and that sooner or later, they'll be fully back in business. From my words to God's ears or however that one goes. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. And on behalf of David Goldstein, I will say, if I'm just a guy from Boston and you're not, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. I said I'm